So talking to vets that have seen the pet before and know the pet parents can really help decrease your anxiety because they'll kind of give you a little bit of like the gist of like what happens when Murphy shows up too. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Monica Tarantino, who you may know better as the Senior Dog Doc on Instagram. As a GP vet, Monica has a huge love of senior pets and devotes her content to the care and keeping of geriatric animals. In today's episode, we cover the challenge of Murphy, the 15-year-old pup with a list of problems five miles long. Listen along as Monica takes us through the decision process you can use to not only sort through Murphy's problems, but decrease your own stress of working with these medically challenging cases. There's so much to unpack here, so let's jump right in. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, I am so excited to welcome Dr. Monica Tarantino. So Monica, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is something that, oh my goodness, I know you spend a lot of time talking about, and so I'm excited to kind of get your viewpoint on it so that we can help these new grads, these recent grads, as they're going into these practices. Because as you shared before we were recording, like when you first graduated, dealing with a senior patient coming into your care is a bit overwhelming. Like you said, they come in with like a five mile long history. You're like, how the heck am I supposed to review all of this? (laughs) How am I supposed to deal with like the 20 million problems that this pet parent has brought with them? Oh, and by the way, you have 30 minutes to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to hyperventilate whenever I would see senior and geriatric patients on my appointment list because their problem lists were literally 10 to 15 problems long. And I was like, what do I do? Like, where do I even start with these guys? So I'm definitely excited to talk to you guys about this and, and see if we can help give some tips to really decrease the anxiety about some of these older patients that come in that need their help. There's the anxiety about it. There's the worry about what is this pit parent going to think of me? How am I going to fit it in in that time? So with that, like I think we understand what the problem or the challenge or the question is for these new grads. So we'll jump right into the meat of the episode and talking about what do we need to do to actually a make a successful visit for us, for our team, for our patient, for our client. And I know a lot of this actually starts, if you have the ability, it starts before the appointment even starts. So maybe the day before when you look at your schedule. So bring us up to speed. You're talking to me. I'm a new grad. And I've just started on my normal routine of having 30-minute appointments, and I'm trying to look a day ahead at my schedule. And I see I have Murphy. He's a 15-year-old Cavachon, and that right there tells you that we probably got a ton of problems. But I open up his file, and I'm trying to look back at the last couple appointments he's had, and oh my goodness, there's so much information here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're already talking about doing the best first step, which is to prepare. If you have the capacity and you know this patient is coming in the next day, 
take 10 or 15 minutes the night before to review their record and make sure you understand exactly what problem lists they have, what they've recently had, what the recommended recheck was, and start getting familiar with who Murphy really is. Because these guys have really colorful histories, as you know. And the more you can understand what that dog's life is like or what their health status is, the better you're going to be able to approach the pet parent in the room the next day. And the less anxiety and stress you're going to have when you're in that exam appointment. I think I was telling you before that I've had senior and geriatric dogs come to me for second opinions. In Charlotte, I used to because people knew me down there as like the senior dog. They say a specialist. I'm not a specialist. I'm just a general practitioner that loves senior dogs and really dives in to that kind of care for them. And so I'd have people come to me for second opinions and they would bring in these charts that had, you know, it was like they have gone to five different hospitals, have three different specialists involved in their care, and they need a GP and I'm supposed to be the GP for it, (laughs) which involves also kind of like multitasking and juggling some things and talking to specialists about the pets and what they want as well and making sure that we kind of come up with this whole comprehensive plan for those pets So it can be very, very intimidating, but I do think that one prepping if you can. So even if you just get your eyeballs on it for 10 or 15 minutes the night before, that can be really helpful Two, If you know that they're coming in for a certain problem, like they're tilted in their head, you know, they're coming the next day and they've got a head tilt and that's really all, you know, start running through what could possibly be the differentials for that, for an older dog with that, right? It could be an ear infection. It could be a vestibular disease. Like what exactly is happening with this pet? I always would go up to the receptionist and be like, what else did they say? You know, like, tell me what's happening. All it says is head tilt. Like, that can mean anything. What does it mean? So, you know, ask the staff. Another thing that I used to always do too, because like I said, these dogs truly used to give me anxiety as a new grad. (laughs) Now I like, I don't, there's nothing more that I want than a really complicated, you know, like senior dog that comes in because they're fun. And those patients are some of the best patients that we have. But another thing you could do is you can talk to doctors that have seen those patients before. We all know, and you probably know this too, Mariah, when you're in a practice and you've got several vets there, when Murphy shows up in the schedule, like everyone's like, oh God, it's Murphy again. Like what, what is Murphy coming in for? Like these guys have reputations, these older pets have reputations. So talking to vets that have seen the pet before and know the pet parents can really help decrease your anxiety because they'll kind of give you a little bit of like the gist of like what happens when Murphy shows up too. That's awesome. And I've certainly done that on a number of occasions where like, again, that other doctor is able to say, oh, yes, Murphy's people, they really like to talk or yeah, they will always decline this type of thing. Or just again, like, oh, yeah, by the way, Murphy can't really see out of his left eye well, so go slow so he doesn't bite you type of things. Like even right. that can make a huge difference because chances are with Murphy, let's just say we look in the history and he's probably got Cushing's probably got little warts all over his body. Well, some of them are probably bleeding because he scratched them. Maybe he's got glaucoma, lost an eye at some point. Maybe also had bladder stones. You never know. I've literally had this patient you're describing, but yes. (laughs) Yes. The Murphys of the world. Yeah. And despite everything, he's still cracking on. Like there is nothing slowing Murphy down. I think the other thing that kind of helps, you're just reminding me of this when you describe Murphy. I'm like, oh, like this is the patient too, that before they come in, I always round with my staff. So my nurse, and I'm like, look, I need to know what diet do they have, you know, the stone forming creature Murphy on? Are they being strict with it? I want to know, is he eating well? These are the things I really need you to hone in on and to figure out for me and give me a heads up on. So rounding with your nurse and your team too about Murphy can be really helpful as well. Things that you want them to do too. Like, you know, for all senior dog, senior geriatric dog appointments, 
actually, you probably should be doing this for all dog appointments, but we bring out the yoga mat. We bring out the yoga mat for them into the exam room. So we talk about how we want to prep for it and just get ready for it. Honestly, if you get the whole team prepped for it, that could be really helpful as well. Something as simple as looking back and seeing that Murphy had a history of neck pain at some point in his existence. Well, that's a really great thing to relate to your nurse, right? Be like, oh, be like, and a year ago, he had neck pain. So, you know, heads up on the blood draw. Like when you're doing it, we might want to use a back leg or whatever it is we want to do. And that'll also help. That'll help you set up for a lot smoother appointment. If everybody's on the same board with understanding who Murphy is and what his ailments have been in the past and kind of what kind of, what kind of things he's dealing with today. And I can say like, even like, cause there's the smooth list for the, our team, but also from the client side, they're going to be like, wow, everyone just knew what to do with Murphy and how to take care of him. And that's going to improve the client's like viewpoint on what happened and their, Absolutely. their trust in the, the team as well. So I think that's yeah. another really good point to look at. Yeah, definitely improving their experience too. So we've talked about prepare beforehand, talk with your other staff members, doctors who have seen the pet, your receptionists, your nurses, so everyone's on the same page. And of course, we've just like listed probably three or four chronic diseases and some acute things. And by the way, remember, you only have 30 minutes to get through all the problems that Murphy is dealing with. So that is anxiety inducing for anybody. So how would you recommend new grads approach this when they're looking at that senior dog? The nurse already came back out and said, well, the owner has 20 questions for you. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. The way that I do it is I just always try to remember like one of the big new grad traps. And you can tell me, Mariah, if you did this too, but one of the ones that I fell into was like trying to solve every single problem that this person came to me with. I wanted to help them. I wanted to help their pet. I wanted to be the doctor that was, you know, the good doctor that helped them solve all of these things. And you can't do that, you know, in real life necessarily, unless you have empty books and you have all the time in the world to do that. You kind of really have to, one of your roles when you're in that room is to try to focus and guide them to the things that matter most to that patient that day. So if they have a list of you know, seven or 10 issues or questions, you know, three or four of them are all all related to each other. So you kind of group them into three different things. Maybe you tell them that, Hey, here's the thing right now. What I'm most worried about is X, Y, and Z, right? Him drinking more and peeing more than normal, that changing and his little bits of lethargy that he's been having lately. And so I really want to focus in on that today. And then we can come back to some of the other questions you had on our next visit, because this is going to be a two-part visit. So if you can set the expectation up right away for that pet parent and let them know that all of these things you mentioned are important, we will get to them. Today, what we need to focus in on is this. And that can really help. It makes sure that you do a few things there. The first thing you do is you really focus in on what you can do with the time that you have that day to help that pet and probably what needs to be addressed first. And then the next thing you do is you set the expectation for that pet parent that right off the bat, you're like, we're going to help Murphy. Here's what we can do today. And then I need to see him back in in a week or two for us to address this because this is important, but this right now is more important. So if you can set, if you can do those things, you're going to create a better experience for both Murphy and for his pet parent. Most of the time when you do that and you set the expectation, they understand. They're like, okay, yeah, I see. We can address those at a follow-up. So that is something that I think is super important for them is to set the expectation. Are you a new or recent veterinary graduate? If so, listen up. My course, Soya Vet, Now What? has been put together specifically for you. 
We focus on the non-clinical skills, don't tune out. This is not as dull as it sounds, I promise you. In fact, almost every career problem that people face are due to not having well-developed non-clinical skills. The skills that I'm talking about are things like client communication, so you have great relationships with clients. Emotional intelligence, so you've got great relationships with your teammates. Effective negotiation skills, so you can get paid what you are worth. Management of imposter syndrome and how to build formidable resilience. They're not just skills, they are prerequisites vital for success in financial and emotional well-being. This course serves as an essential stepping stone to your success. So let's take the leap together. I will be your mentor as we go through 12 modules helping you transition from being a student to being a fully rounded professional. Head to www.drdavenickel.com forward slash S-Y-A-V class to learn more. Now back to the show. No, I think that is absolutely important. And oh my goodness, I'm like thinking back a couple years to being a new grad and certainly being in that position to be like, I'm going to fix all the problems today. Yeah. <laughs> and then 30 minutes goes by and you're just still talking. You haven't even done your physical exam yet. And the nurse knocks on the door to be like, move it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh dear. You have like three waiting appointments. <laughs> No, absolutely. We've all been there. And you're like, oh my God, like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And you're like, I'm just trying to help, but you've got to, you've got to kind of try to narrow it down a little bit. And it can certainly be difficult as we talked about with senior dogs, because they've got so many different categories of diseases that you need to educate an owner on, right? So if it's a wellness appointment, you've got diseases of chronic pain, you've got to talk to them about dental disease, arthritis, right? Any disease that's not managed that can cause chronic pain. Like if they've got KCS that they're not managing, that certainly could be an, a place where they've got chronic pain. They have chronic UTIs that they're not really staying on top of. That could be a source of chronic pain. So disease of chronic pain, you've got diseases of age, right? We've got heart disease, cancer that pops up, chronic kidney disease. All of these things are diseases of age that pop up for them as well. And then you've got quality of life issues, right? So you, if you, depending on the, the senior pet that's walking into your room, the senior geriatric, you've got all of those things to think about. So that is why it's so important. You know, AHA for a long time recommended, has been recommending seniors and geriatrics have exams every six months. Well, this is part of the reason why is because they've got so many different things to address. And so you've really got to make sure you're trying to address all of those, but doing it in, a, in an efficient way and in a way that the pet parent can understand and really drives it home to the pet parent too. So it's a lot but yeah, certainly that's something that's really important to senior geriatrics is recognizing all those diseases. Absolutely. And as you're kind of saying it, the word that comes to mind is triaging and kind of looking through all these problems and saying, okay, what is the most important thing for us to deal with that we can deal with in a 30-minute window? Signposting to the client to say, you know what? I hear you. I see these problems. We're going to get to them. However, we are at our limit for time and mental capacity, quite honestly, for both of us to deal with them all today. So we're going to put that on to another day. Because again, like as a new grad, trying to make all of these micro decisions is exhausting still. You're just trying to learn how to do this. Um, granted, even in our positions, like I'm only four years out and you're many more years than I am, but still it is exhausting to, to make all of these micro decisions. So kind of learning how to do that as a new grad and giving yourself the grace to say, you know what, 
I don't have to fix everything right here, right now Mm -hmm. in this 30-minute appointment. That's going to be a huge load off of you mentally, a huge load off your staff as well, because they also can't solve all these problems within that appointment as well. Exactly. Um, And then again, you can schedule that recheck in two weeks, in three months maybe, schedule the phone follow-up to go over the lab work and kind of touch base in those respects. But it's hard as a new grad trying to figure out how to manage a senior patient. It, it really is so, so hard. So as we were talking about like triaging, it's like compartmentalizing those between the acute problems and the chronic problems, I guess is a good way to look at it. So I guess like as we're kind of wrapping up in a way, talking to these new grads that are super nervous, they're really anxious about this, what would be the major takeaway that you'd want them to have as they are maybe tomorrow, they might have a senior case and maybe this will help them. But what would be the major takeaway that you want them to bring into that appointment? Yeah, I think that the major takeaway would be one, preparation is really important if you can do that with them. Two would be, like you just said, like to compartmentalize and kind of address the problems that are the biggest issues right now for that pet. And don't be afraid to set the expectation that you're going to need more than one appointment to get to all of this. Those things are still important but today we've got to focus on this. And then also one thing that you can really get caught up on as a new vet is if you forget to address the issue that was most important to the pet parent, right? So, cause I can walk into a room and be like, oh, the PUPD is like what we've got to like figure out today. And she can be like, well, this skin thing has been bothering me for a really, really long time. And I, you know, the only thing that she talks about and the main concern she had was this itchy spot on her pet. And if you forget to address what the main thing was that she came in there for today, you can get in trouble as a new veterinarian too. So making sure when you're narrowing it down, you're trying to focus in on those, you know, what's most important for that appointment. Don't forget to incorporate also what was most important to that pet parent too, or talk to them, address them about it and like, you know, make them feel a little bit calmer about it while you focus on what's really most important too. Like signposting to be like, I hear you, I see yeah. that that little mass on the top of his head, it is kind of bleeding. I can see it's itchy. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> say it, point it out, make them feel heard and understand, but then also bring them along to say, you know what? I see that. That's a problem for you. But for Murphy, I think this is a bigger problem we should yeah. deal with. Um, and then we can circle back. Yeah, exactly. That's a really great example is a little bump at the head. And maybe they just go home with some little wipes for that day. And that's all they need for the time to feel like it's being addressed until we get the bigger issues under control. But yeah, those are the things I would do. But it is really doable. Once you get more experience and more cases under your belt, you're going to feel a lot more confident with it. And having a certain approach to these senior geriatric dogs can certainly be helpful. Don't be scared to set up those follow-up appointments. Don't be shy and tell them that they need that. Because oftentimes until, especially if there's a new patient that's coming in or one that hasn't been in in a while, you've got a lot of groundwork to catch up on and you're not going to be able to do that in the first 30 minutes, you know, the first 30 minutes that they're there at the hospital with you. So we used to do things like we'd set up an x-ray appointment because we couldn't get it done in that 30 minutes, the amount of staff that we had that day. So they'd come in at a time where I felt like we could do that, you know, in two days or whatever it was. So don't be shy in using that and creating a plan with that pet parent. And then you're going to come out on top of these senior geriatric patients because they really do care. They can be so fulfilling. And again, the relationships you get to develop with these clients are so incredible because, again, you see them so frequently. Oh, yeah. You have an amazing opportunity to really like enjoy that part of veterinary medicine through these senior patients. And I definitely want to give your Instagram a bit of a shout out because, like you said, you're GP, but you spend a lot of your time and a lot of your passion project is with senior pets. 
And for maybe the new grads are like, hey, I love seeing your pets as well. How do I gain more knowledge and gain more experience? Like, I, I feel like you'd be a perfect person for them to reach out to. So where can they find information about you? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at senior dog dog. I also co-founded the Senior and Geriatric Dog Society with Dr. Lauren Edelman, um, who's an internal medicine specialist and Dr. Lisa Lippman. And we have some really great CE on senior dogs, senior geriatric dogs. If you're interested in learning more about that, we've got even more cool stuff coming out next year for those um, practitioners that really want to like hone in and focus in on helping the senior geriatric dogs in particular, even more than what they're doing right now. So that would be a great place to come and, and find me and say hi. And I'm happy to answer any questions people have. I think that's awesome. And I'll have all that information in the show notes for you guys. But I want to say thank you once again to Dr. Monica Tarantino for joining us today. I learned a lot. It was, in a way, kind of nice to relive my first years like out of vet school, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. But again, it's good to remember what it was like so that we can better help the new grads and the recent grads um, who are going through the same challenges that we do. So again, if you guys have any questions, definitely reach out to Monica, reach out to myself. I'm more than happy to help. But until next time, guys, see ya. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, So Your Vet Now What? or Non-Clinical Skills Training Class of the same name. Until next time, take care. Thank you.